We've got blood, we've got destroyers, so you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, he is the co-host of The Fans Are Way Too Noisy. It is Sev. Evening, Brian. Evening, everybody. As usual, I have come with a stable. Okay. This stable consists of Colt Cabana in three years' time, Dolph Ziggler twice, L.A. Park, and Matt Riddle. Okay. Called Crazy Rap. Called what? Called Crazy Rap. It goes, Colt 45, two zigzags, baby, that's all we need. Go to the park after dark, smoke that tumbleweed. <laughs> you familiar? Uh, no. Oh, great. Who's that? Is that Afro that's Man? Af- that's Afro Man, yeah. Yeah, is that why you asked me if I knew who Afro Man was? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know his song because I got high. That's like the only yeah. thing I know by him. Well, yeah, Colt he has 45. another popular one. So Colt, is Colt uh, Cabana 42 years old? I believe he is, yeah. Okay, Colt 45. Um, man, Two you're stupid. Tags. You're stupid. <laughs> and then Matt Riddle brings the weed, doesn't he? He does. He does. He does. Could have been Rob Van Dam too, though. Yeah, I did think of that or Matt Seidel, but I don't really want him in any of my stables. Is Matt Seidel, uh, does he, is he a partaker? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Didn't he get arrested in Japan for having someone in? Oh, maybe. Well, to be fair, I feel like a lot of professional wrestlers smoke weed because it's good to relax and pain management and that kind of shit. So I feel like more would if they didn't have to go through so many testings. And especially now that it's becoming legal so many places. Like, who cares about weed anymore? Who really cares? It's annoying that people still do. Special shout out to Occam's Laser for the excellent intro theme to the podcast. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Please take a moment to do us a favor if you'd be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. It really does help out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continue to listen to the episodes as they upload each week. Works wonders as well. And of course, Course, a special shout out to current executive producers Jexx and Zanku, which I heard you shout them out on the fans are way too noisy. So look at you go. Yeah, they're in the, they're in the intro. Yeah, you did it. You're becoming a real podcast. <laughs> We're getting there one step at a time. You had music. You actually had it underlaid beneath your uh, vocals this time. You're getting yeah, there. Good. You're getting there. <laughs> Much like Kyle and Lindsay became real co-hosts by talking about Pinocchio on the media files this past week. You guys are becoming a real podcast. Nice. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, do we have anything to talk about at the start of the show? I don't know that we do. I don't think anything like crazy or main newsworthy, like breaking story. I don't think anything happened this past week, did it? No, but the only thing I could probably mention is I think you see Malachi Black address the fans at an indie show. I didn't see that. I don't know. I haven't got the story to hand, but basically, yeah, he said um, he just needs some time away. Give him a few, give him a few weeks or maybe a few months so he can recharge and he will come back. It's not goodbye. It's a see you later. Well, then he's coming back to AEW, I would think. Like, I hope so, yeah. I mean, if his release was granted conditionally, you would think that a couple weeks is probably not enough time for him to reappear in WWE. Now, if he goes away for a couple months, that lends more credibility to him maybe going back to Triple H, right? Going back to going back to the Fed. But I really just hope that this story has been blown way out of proportion, that he did just need some time to recharge, some time to wind down, you know, like a mental health break that everybody needs from time to time, and that maybe his release 
release wasn't as big of a deal as everyone made it out to be. Hopefully he wasn't even released. Maybe he never even requested his release. Maybe he just requested time off. Like, you never can be sure what is true and what isn't in wrestling rumor world because shit just gets crazy if you try to follow it. Yeah, yeah. The only people that know are Malachi and TK, really, and probably the House of Black. But yeah, hopefully we'll find out soon. Yeah, hopefully. And hopefully he gets the, uh, you know, the time off that he's finding to recharge i mean everybody needs that from time to time i i myself do that from time to time right there are times where i don't post anything or i don't record anything because i just need time to myself right like it just happens everybody needs it we did a whole podcast of max level a few months ago about mental health it just it's needed it's needed sometimes so it is needed sometimes uh, we're going to return to our normal format today. I'm excited. We've got everything back in, in the rotation. We're going to talk about Elevation. We're going to talk about Dark. We have our rankings for Dynamite and Rampage. We are we are back. It's It was two weeks. Two weeks that we didn't post anything normal. But uh, we're back with our normal flow now. And I'm excited. I am Me excited. Too. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's kick things off by going back to last Monday, September 12th. We will recap AEW Dark Elevation, where we had two, four, six, eight matches. Matt Menard, Daddy Magic, still on commentary. So I have been watching every single Monday now. He is the main reason I tune in. (laughs) (laughs) We had Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose defeating JC Storm and Joel Clift. Julia Hart defeated Tiara Jane. Dante Martin and Matt Seidel defeated Serpentico and Zach Clayton. Athena defeated Emi Sakura. Brody King and Buddy Matthews defeated Isaiah Prince and Cubes. K-U-B-S. Cubes. Not with a C and not pubes. Cubes. (laughs) Hikaru Shida defeated Christina Marie. John Silver defeated Ryan Nemeth. And in the main event, The Butcher and the Blade defeated Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado. The Butcher and the Blade Blade were super over, dude, because they're from yeah. Buffalo, and this was the okay. elevation that was taped in Buffalo. So they got a massive pop. They were incredibly over. This was a really, really cool main event for them, and I just feel like, man, they are, they are on the cusp of breaking out, and I'm excited to see it. I really am. Not a bad elevation, gonna... in all honesty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sounds wicked. Yeah, not a bad elevation. I, I have been, like I said, really enjoying watching it as of late. I have been putting so much time lately into World of Warcraft Wrath of the Lich King Classic leveling up my priest so having things like this to put on an extra monitor while I'm playing that that's why I've been so invested in Elevation and Dark the past couple weeks straight because you know I'm not doing anything else besides playing Warcraft so having stuff like this to put up I uh, I appreciate that so good Elevation not a bad one go check it out if you missed it and then we move on to Dark which was on Tuesday, September 13th. There were five matches, and this dark has been uh, sitting in the back burner for a while now. Like, this was recorded almost two weeks ago on September 2nd when they were still in Chicago for All Out. So this dark was actually recorded before the pay-per-view even happened. So this one has been sitting there for a bit because they were still in Chicago. Um, Penelope Ford defeated Alice Crawley. Matt Seidel and Dante Martin defeated Cesar Bononi and Ryan Nemeth. 
Sky Blue and Queen Aminata defeated Diamante and Emi Sakura. Danhausen defeated Peter Avalon. And in the main event, Matt Hardy defeated Angelico, which was a wow. pretty lengthy match. Yeah, that's shocking. I didn't think Sky Blue was going to go over in that match. I saw the graphic for it and I thought, fuck, she's getting, she's getting fed to Diamante. See, I thought so too. And then I realized this was taped in Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And they always let her win in Chicago <laughs> because she's from there. Yeah. Yeah, she's from Chicago. So uh, the, what was it? There was an elevation or a dark that was taped in Chicago as well where she wrestled and she won. I think she actually beat Diamante. So this was like a return match against Diamante and Emi Sakura. And then weirdly, because it's the way AEW works, Diamante is now getting a TBS title shot. So Yeah. So does this, uh, does this mean this, what, Queen Aminata's first official win? It might be, actually. Crazy. It might actually be, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. But uh, this was a skippable dark. I barely paid attention to it. I don't think there was anything um, worth going back and watching if you missed it. So not really needed to go check this one out. Let's move on to Dynamite. Yeah. Dynamite was this past Wednesday night, September 14th. This was at the MVP Arena in Albany, New York. We had a, you know, a pretty decent show, right? We had the semifinal matches for the AEW Grand Slam Tournament of Champions to crown a new world champion. We had some interesting tag matches, including a tag team title match. And, you know, it was it was okay. It wasn't probably as good as last week's Dynamite, but it still did incredible well in the ratings over here in the U.S. Uh, 1.1 something, almost a 1.2, which was higher than they had last week. So that means they're doing something right. People are tuning in still. Okay, nice, nice. People are still checking to see what they're doing. You know, that's a good thing. Definitely is. That is a good thing. So uh, I had to go back and look to see who did what last time we actually did our highs and lows. So for Dynamite three weeks ago, I took the lows and you took the highs. So for Dynamite this week, I'll take the highs and you take the lows. Do you want to, we ranked seven things. Do you want to kick us off with your number seven? Yeah. So before we get there, I think it works. So like whoever takes all the bits has the lows for Dynamite. It's kind of worked itself out that way. It, did, it, it actually it actually did work out that way so that's kind of nice yeah but yeah you get the highs i get the lows for dynamite and do you know always what? get the highs baby i'm always high <laughs> i'm always low but yeah, oh well. um yeah so i'm gonna kick it off with number seven and that was the hob squash match with the ricky star running at the end that was my number seven as well powerhouse hobbs taking on matt di martino which um you know was 29 whole seconds uh i'm still you know squash matches serve their purpose right i understand them i get them and when they happen it doesn't piss me off but i don't think hobbs needs to be involved in squash matches right now with the program that he's got ongoing with ricky starks it doesn't make a ton of sense to me yeah i I fully agree with that to be fair um and i think just inherently squash matches are probably gonna rank low all the time because there's there's nothing there's nothing correct there's nothing for us to appreciate it's just guy you know is gonna win going in there against guy you know is gonna lose nothing spectacular is going to happen it's going to be under a minute everything else on the show is guaranteed to be better than that yeah by the number squash match and then uh, ricky ricky comes down through the crowd which is quite nice and the uh, ducks of security guards and bops uh bops hop in the mouth with uh with a, a microphone. microphone yeah made him bleed yeah i think he was bleeding before that he was bleeding he was. while he was doing his promo but i think when he got the yeah when he got out the ring Taz was like oh my god he's bleeding in the mouth um <laughs> Just like that? Did he sound? He sounded just like that. 
No, do you know what? I can't remember what Taz's voice sounds like now, so that's just a generic uh, commentator voice for me. Oh, okay. But. Okay, yeah. Well, um, this match was nothing, so it's not surprising that we have it ranked so low. But we do have a return match now between Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, which we expected, right? I'm pretty sure in our pay-per-view review, we even pretty much anticipated this match taking place again at Grand Slam. That was before we knew Grand Slam was going to be a, a massive deal this year. Year, right. So we did find out on Rampage this past Friday night, which, you know, we'll probably talk about again later. And you actually wanted to do some predictions for Grand Slam. So we'll have those mm-hmm. at the end of the show. Um, it's two hours next Friday and we have eight fucking matches on Rampage next week. As TK said the other week, um, was it just for All Out? The All Out was a million dollars on ticket sales in seats. And he expected that Grand Slam was going to do the same, like be the first his first ever television show to hit a hundred uh, hit a million in like tickets sales which is awesome i mean good for them right like i said they're still they're 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 not doing bad they really aren't they're not doing bad at all still without the young bucks still without kenny omega still without cm punk everybody else well and still without a steel he's never coming back but (laughs) um everybody else that was suspended has returned right uh pat buck was backstage at dynamite brandon cutler has been reinstated christopher daniels has been reinstated michael nakazawa has been reinstated but everybody else still is suspended indefinitely because the investigation is still ongoing Mm -hmm. so is what it is my number one from dynamite this past wednesday night was the main event actually Chris Jericho taking on Brian Danielson. No, I had a feeling you'd put this here. Mm-hmm. What'd you have it at? Number six. Number six? <laughs> yeah, number six. Unfortunately, I got spoiled on like the results of this match before I sat down and watched it. And then... That's not a fair reason to put it at number six. Well, I saw, I saw it had like, what, they give it like 30 minutes. And it is basically a match we got like 10 days ago. 19 minutes and 44 seconds. Oh, okay. Maybe they were pompous on the way down to the ring. A lot of, uh, a lot of big entrancey sort of thing. But um, yeah. Just just like when this happened on the pay-per-view, I was not that interested in it, and I was not that interested again this time around. Okay, well, I am very disappointed in you, Sev, having this ranked at number six. I I am sorely disappointed in you. I, uh, man, I'm sitting here, I'm watching the NFL Red Zone on the other monitor as as we're recording this episode. Trey Lance, the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, just got injured. Jimmy Garoppolo... Going back in, I have him as a quarterback on one of my fantasy leagues. I wish I would have started him because, God damn it, I really needed a better quarterback in that league, and he's decent. Oh, well. Anyway, I thought this was a really, really good match. Like, I actually thought this was probably better than their match at the pay-per-view. Um, More stakes involved, right? Because it was a match for... The Grand Slam of Champions to become an actual AEW World Champion. Um, Jericho and Danielson both looked pretty good in this match. There were some slow moments. There were some moments that were extended out by whether it was the figure four leg lock or the lion tamer, the the several attempts at the lion tamer. Um, So there were some, some slower moments throughout. But all in all, I actually thought this was a really good match between the two. And I was very, very 
very excited to see Danielson pick up the victory here, kind of get some, you know, closure on this storyline that he's been going with against Chris Jericho. It does seem like they're moving on from this now, right? Because Jericho Mm -hmm. is kind of doing something else for Grand Slam next week. And, you know, I'm just, (laughs) I love the meme you posted in Discord, honestly. Um, I want to call attention to that. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like Brian Danielson on fucking Mars or something like that, right? And I don't don't know, on, on some other planet, I don't know what fucking planet that actually would potentially he's be. He's taken from the Watchmen. He's like the blue guy in the Watchmen. The, the, yeah. yeah, but are they from Mars? Are they from the moon? I don't fucking know. But uh, it's like the year is 2005. I am 24 years old. CM Punk has just left Ring of Honor and now they're making me champion. Next slide. The year is 2014. I am 33 years old. CM Punk has just left WWE and now they're making me champion. Final slide. The year is 2022. I am 41 years old. CM Punk has just left AEW and now they're making me champion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad he's finally getting the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it make, makes sense. I'd much rather uh, Danielson get the championship now than anyone else, to be fair. Well, again, because it's, you know, Mox has already had it twice now, just, just recently had it, which is also kind of weird that Claudio keeps saying the Blackpool Combat Club is now going to have two world champions because they just did have two world champions. Why are they making yeah. that such a big deal? Yeah, two weeks ago, they had two world champions and a yeah. pure champion. They had more belts two weeks ago than they did now. Yeah, so why are they making that such a big deal? It's like, we don't have that short term of memory loss. Well, I do, but yeah. Well, that's true, but I don't. Um, I can't believe you had this at number six. All right, well, what's your number five, I guess? <laughs> So number five on my list is going to be the opener, which was John, uh, Sammy Guevara. What do you have against the Blackpool Combat Club? I don't know. Do you know what? I think... I had this at number three, um, by the way. I, th- I think ever since I was young, I have sort of like... Ever since I was a young lad. Yeah, yeah. I have like a, like a distaste for the main event scene. Like I never really liked WWE when it had... Um, the Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, Mankind, Undertaker, Kane. Like, I didn't really like any of them. So the main event scene to me was just, nah, I'm all right. And like, um, Moxley, I'm not a huge fan of. Punk, not, I'm not a huge fan of. Daniel Bryan, I'm not really a huge fan of. Like, Chris Jericho, obviously, I've been a massive fan of him for ages, but he's kind of old and withering now. So You're a scrub, the main dude. Event, eh? you're, you're just a scrub. I like, I like the up-and-comers. I like the athletic. I like the... I like it all. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta gotta appreciate it all. All encompassing. Wow. Yeah, this 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 match was alright to be fair. I should have stated that like I didn't hate this dynamite and even though I put Hobbs at the bottom, like that doesn't mean it was the worst thing of the night. It's just like I enjoyed the things higher above it. Mm-hmm. It was the worst thing of the night still though. <laughs> fair. Uh but yeah, we got like a, a rough looking Avalanche German suplex. Sammy sort of landed on his side. That looked but painful. Um we didn't get any blood from Moxley in this match, which is surprising. I know. I was a little disappointed. But yeah, um, Sammy's trunks are eating into his ass again. Uh, did you like it this time? That sword. Did, no. did you more? Did you? Oh, okay. I thought maybe you appreciated it more this time. <laughs> I liked it less this time. Oh, okay. Because he was he was bouncing on the ropes and it was sort of... Maybe he'll yeah. just come out in a thong next week. Maybe. They, they say he's a Spanish god, but I don't think in anyone's eyes he's a Spanish god, is he? I mean, maybe not. And then uh, Timelo tried to take out John Moxley by giving him a low bow, but... The boot was right far far back. I'm pretty, pretty sure she stuck a pointy toe up his ass. <laughs> that, foot, that foot didn't come in between, right in front of the legs, like it was right, right at the back. Anna Jay even came down to try to play interference as well. She um, did, yeah, yeah. They they tried. They did everything they could 
to uh, to ensure that Sammy Guevara would move on to the finals of this tournament. But that was not to be the case. Mox did get the victory, which I think was expected. I mean, you and I both anticipated Moxley and Danielson moving on to the finals of this tournament, Blackpool Combat Club versus Blackpool Combat Club. And, you know, since we had you talked about the main event, Mox did come out after Danielson got the victory. They kind of did a stare down, right? Like, hey, best man type, best man win type thing, shook hands mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens. Yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah, it should be. Should be a, a fun main event for Grand Slam this Wednesday night. I'm looking forward to it. My number two from Dynamite this past Wednesday was for the AEW Tag Team titles, Swerve and Our Glory taking on the Lucha Bros. You got it right, Brian. That's number two. Number two. So we still don't know what your number one is. Fair enough. We'll find out soon. I guess we'll find out soon. Um... This was a a surprising match, right? Like, I don't think any of us anticipated this match taking place this past Wednesday night because we already sort of knew that Swerve and Our Glory would be taking on the Acclaimed at Grand Slam in a rematch from All Out. So putting them in a title match against the Lucha Bros, I mean, did it make a ton of sense? No, not really. But I enjoyed the fuck out of this match, man. I always do. Like, Swerve, Keith Lee, they are phenomenal. Anytime you get the Lucha Bros in the ring, they are phenomenal. So this was a guaranteed recipe for success. I appreciated the hell out of this match. I thought it was really competitive. I thought Swerve looked really fucking good, dude. Um, he's looking better and better as the weeks go on. I I was impressed. I thought this was a good match. Yeah, so Swerve, is, uh, he's sort of like, it looks like he's flicked that switch and he's just taken to like the heel sort of thing straight away. He's giving them smirks and stuff. I'm definitely buying him as a heel. Um, Keith Lee did great in this match. He did that. He threw Phoenix like a lawn dart. I loved that. Was my favorite part of the match, dude. He threw Phoenix into the ring from the outside to break up a pin. Amazing. It was really cool. Amazing spot. One of my favorite part of the match, Brian. Mm, Sure. Uh, So we had a Spanish fly from the top rope, was Swerve and Phoenix. And then they landed on the floor, and then Penta jumped off Phoenix and gave uh, Keith Lee a Canadian destroyer. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't think we'd ever see Keith Lee on the receiving end of a Canadian destroyer. Beautiful, dude. Absolutely Incredible. beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. I yeah. love how Penta springboards off of people to do the Canadian destroyer as well. Like, he's the only one that really does it that way, and it looks so fucking cool every single time. Yeah, just adds that extra bit of flair. Yeah, it really does. Um, Hell of a match. Yeah, but as you said, like, I don't really understand why this match goes happened. And it kind of, with the Lucha Bros winning the trios titles last week, it's a shame that they picked up a loss this week, if you get me. It was a little disappointing. Like, you know, they they did just come off another loss and it almost just felt like, you know, they were being utilized in a role to put Swerve over more in prep for their loss against the Acclaim this Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. But we will have to see what happens. Yeah. Is is what it is. So we'll see. We will see. All right, back to you. Back to me.
me, it's number four on my list. Getting down mm-hmm. this list. Yeah, we are. It's uh, MJF's promo. Okay. I had this at number four as well. Yeah. yeah. So he referenced, we say Moxley's from the slums of Cincinnati. Where's Cincinnati? Cincinnati is in the bottom left-hand corner of Ohio. Uh, okay. So it's actually got slums. Every city has slums. <laughs> Especially in Ohio. Yeah. Every city has slums in Ohio. And, and really everywhere. But um, did you also lump in the firm promo with this as well? Yeah. Okay, I, I did too. Okay. So this actually kicks off with MJF coming down and, you know, directing his promo toward John Moxley, which made me think that, hmm, are they actually going with Mox, right, as the, as the champion after this tournament? And I really don't think they are, right? Mox even alluded to last week on Dynamite that he was supposed to be on vacation after All Out. Um, you know, he was going to take some time off to recharge and supposedly he was going to be back sometime in October because they're going to be in Cincinnati in October at some point. So he was going to be back in time for that show. But, you know, he had to stay behind because of Omega, the Bucks, CM Punk all being suspended and to add some star power to the shows. So I really feel like he's just sticking around for this tournament and is now going to take his time off after this Wednesday night. Right. Like Danielson is clearly at least should be winning the title. Um, But it just it was a little weird that MJF's promo was just directed at Moxley because MJF is technically next in line so you would think he would have at least directed it toward Danielson and Jericho and you know what I mean like at least mentioned them somewhat and not just I get it Mox just beat Sammy Guevara before this promo happened so that's why he's you know focusing on him but probably should have mentioned the other guys too yes I think he did mention them briefly but it was literally like uh, and this goes to you uh, Jericho and Daniel but yeah, the bulk of his promo was directed at um, at Moxley. But yeah, and then, he, was... and then he introduced the firm. Rubbish name. Well, it's better than some of the shit you come up with every start of the show. Uh, I'm waiting for you to come up with one called like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I want to see who you classify as the wardrobe. Okay, the the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Obviously, Lionheart, Chris Jericho, Uh uh, the Witch, Abaddon, and then we Uh use Nick Camarato as the wardrobe (laughs) because. Yeah, what you got? Come at me, bro. <laughs> that was quick thinking, man. Thank you. That was quick. That was quick thinking. That was quick thinking. I like that. I like that. That was good. Yeah, Lionheart Chris Jericho is is clearly the best choice for for the lion. Yeah, no, that was good, man. I just got to come up with names and see what you what you come up with. Like, hmm. put me on the spot every week. <laughs> Uh, so after the firm gets introduced, right, Stokely Hathaway gets on the mic and basically says he's been living a lie, right? He's not a publicist. He's not a manager. He is just a friend and mm-hmm. is basically here to help all of these guys realize their potential, right? Like, he's like, Morrissey, you just want to do whatever the fuck you want, basically, and I'm okay with that. Like, you just want to do whatever. That's fine. I love you, man. Gives him a hug, and he's like, I don't know if you heard me. I love you. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. But uh, in this, we found out that, you know, Lee Moriarty wants to become ROH Pure Champion. The Gun Club wants to become AEW Tag Champions, and Ethan Page 
Cage wants to become the All-Atlantic champion. So they've pretty much set all these guys in the firm on title trajectories right now, except for Morrissey. But, you know, uh, at least MJF is not officially a part of the firm. That was my fear, was that he was going to be in this stable of, I I don't want to call them secondary characters, because they're not. But the firm is nothing compared to the pinnacle, right? Like, not nearly as as quality of star power in the firm as you had with the pinnacle. So I like that MJF is just associated with the firm by association, right? Like, what did they call him? He's their, what are they? Retainers, yes. Which I don't know exactly what that means. But I guess he calls on them when he needs help or something? I really don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But they're not not banded to him sort of thing. I I quite like this. I like that we got everyone put on a trajectory. I thought it was, I did think it was kind of odd that he opened with Morrissey and gave Morrissey nothing. Like he didn't aim him in a direction. Um, But yeah, he could have aimed him at something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Morrie going for the pure championship, good. Um, the gun club, yeah, give him a rise to the tags, not not a problem. Um, but I think Ethan Page is kind of being figured as like the central guy in the firm. I think he is, which he should be, like the main focal point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I kind of got vibes of like when Morrissey, when Stokely hugged Morrissey and was like, "Oh, I said I loved you," and he was like sort of shrugged it off as like I'm the I'm the big guy I don't really care and then we got Ethan Page who was a bit of a gobshite on the other end I kind of got vibes of like is this our new version of like MJF and Wardlow Ooh, okay get me yeah like one one's the big guy one's the mouthpiece and they'll kind of be friends but not be friends obviously the storyline won't run exactly the same he doesn't own Morrissey's contract but yeah I think we're kind of getting that sort of dynamic with them but. okay I like that actually I do I like that a lot so I'm cool with it all right well We've got two segments left. My number five and six. What do you have here? (laughs) Two and three? One and three? One and three, yeah. Oh, man. All right, all right, all right. So I'm still taking the highs. So I'm going to go with my number five here. And that is Jungle Boy taking on Jay Lethal. That's at number three. All right. All right. Um, I thought this was a fairly entertaining match, to be fair. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. Jungle Boy issuing an open challenge, right, that was answered by Jay Lethal. So we had a pretty decent match between the two. Um I had a feeling Jungle Boy was going to win, but then again, I felt like this match could have went in either direction. Like, there was, you know, no guarantee that Jungle Boy was going to win, but I'm glad that he did. Um, I thought this was a good way to rebound him coming off of the destruction that he felt at All Out against Christian and Luchasaurus and kind of putting him on a collision course, hopefully, with Luchasaurus. I'm surprised that that match isn't actually taking place at Grand Slam. Um, yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering when they're, yeah, I wonder when they're going to go back to that. Yeah, I don't understand where Luchasaurus is. Like, surely he should have just called him out straight away. But, um... No, they said on commentary that Jay Lethal has won his seven last matches and he's won, is it 20 out of the 27 matches he's had? Something but like that. But whenever, whenever you put Jay Lethal in the ring, I, I expect him to lose, if I'm honest. I don't expect him to go over many times. But yeah, I, I thought this match was more athletic than what we got in the the opener and the close. Um, it was a bit more entertaining to watch. There was a spot with uh, Jay Lethal where he dropped. Oh, he do, he had Jungle Boy in the corner on the turnbuckle and he sort of like dropped him into the corner, like on his spine. That was pretty cool. Uh, 
did make me miss. You know, Sasha Banks does that thing in the corner where she, she sort of lays them up and then she drives her knees into them. Yeah, she puts them on like the middle ropes and then jumps up and drives her knees into their like their midsection. Yeah. yeah. It did make me miss that a little bit. I kind of want someone in AEW to be doing that, to be fair. Okay. Or just or just get Sasha in AEW. Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna happen anymore. But yeah, if she does, it's cool. I don't cool. either. But she's she's still, you know, they're they're still technically no guarantees with her. yeah they have not come back so there's technically no guarantee of what's happening with sasha and naomi and to be fair right like there was a backstage promo when diamante answered the call i guess for jade saying that she needed a new contender for the tbs title that she was gonna appear at grand slam with some backup the yeah, she said the og, from the, original, OG, OG from the 305 which is the area code for the Miami area, Miami, Florida area. Um, Sasha is not from Miami. Naomi is not from Miami. Um, Miami. She's from, I think, Orlando. But Naomi is Bad. from Florida. Okay. Okay. Um, um, I don't, I don't know if either of those two are maybe, maybe the the plan. That would be kind of neat if so. But um, you know, it is, it is what it is. Okay. So I'll, I'll get to my predictions on who that might be later on. Okay, if I want to save okay. that for a bit. Yeah. Let's let's save it because I don't have any other predictions. I don't. I re- I really don't know who it could be. Um. Jungle Boy also went for the kill switch during that match as well, though, with Jay Lethal, which I thought was a nice touch to, you know, keep the feud going, I guess, so to speak, between Luchasaurus and Christian, since neither of them were on Dynamite this week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this uh, this was a better match than what Jay Lethal had with Dax the other week. It was. It was. It was. Um, okay, well, <laughs> we go back to you, and you're taking the number one as your last for you. Uh, yeah, I got the highs, and I got the lows. Number six on my list. Number one on my list is DM Deeb versus Athena and Storm. DM Deeb. I like yeah, that. It's like a dream team, in it? If, any, if anyone's been listening to me for a while, Dorita Deeb and uh, Britt Baker as a tag team. Yes, please. Yeah, I'm not surprised you put this at number one. I thought it was, a, <laughs> it, was it was an okay match, but like what we were given here during this match, match um you know i i wasn't that into it for whatever reason like okay i wasn't super invested in what we had and clearly it was just utilized to set up another fatal four-way for the women's title at grand slam so yeah i think i think all women all the women did quite well here i'd probably say tony storm did the least well out of all of them but i, I enjoyed what deep was doing in the ring she was doing most of the work uh, See, I, I, I actually thought tony storm and serena deep looked the best in this match and it made me excited for a future singles match between the two yeah i definitely think that's probably what we'll get in um and then see uh bring out the chair and they hit storm and then deep gets the win over storm icing on the cake for me like that i liked that a lot then jamie Jamie hater coming down yep still again not in ring attire like she likes to do that a lot she just comes out and oh yeah i'm just wearing jogging bottoms and a t-shirt and i'll run out i'm okay with it yeah she can wear whatever she wants dude yeah she's wearing some like leotard thing this week but yeah i don't know everyone else is dressed up everyone else is on tv makes me curious to know because right like jamie hater did hit uh somebody with the chair who, who did she storm. hit with the chair tony storm with the chair when she took it from uh from brit and like i think all of us are expecting the inevitable split between jamie hater and brit baker and they still kind of teased it right like jamie still just kind of stared brit down walked off on her own but you know she still did kind of help her a little bit too so man i just i want her to split from brit i want her to be 
become a face and I want her to become champion. That's all I want. I'm not asking for much here. No, I think we should have timed it to be fair. Like when we were saying like, oh, Wardlow needs to split from MJF and then we moved on to like, hey, needs to split from Brit. But we hope it doesn't take as long as Wardlow splitting from MJF. Kind of feels like it's going to take as long as um, as uh, Wardlow and MJF did to split. So. Long-term storytelling. Yeah, nothing but long-term. Long-term or interim, that's all we get. That's all we get. <laughs> Uh, not a bad dynamite though, right? Like, I don't think it was nearly as strong as the dynamite that we saw the week prior. Like, it was still good, but I feel like the week prior, because of everything that happened at the media scrum, you know, the the roster, the backstage guys, they really stepped it up to put on a a stellar show, right? You even gave it five stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this dynamite was close to five stars i think i gave it four and a half last week and i don't even think it was four and a half stars i would go with probably three and a half stars for this dynamite i've gone for three stars for this week um i think a lot of it was just built for next week obviously it was a lot of build for next week so it was kind of just uh continuation stuff next week has the potential to be you know both dynamite and rampage have potential to both be six four stars. plus four plus stars definitely you know in the conversation for five stars maybe um shit i mean we could break the scale right we could be we could Meltzer it up and go five and a half or six at some point you never know yeah you never know we could we could but uh, that was dynamite so let's go ahead and move on to rampage where we had five things you'll take the highest for this and I'll take the lows so I'll kick things off with the number five on my list and that was the in-ring promo with Claudio Castagnoli and Chris Jericho Number five on my list as well. All right. So I don't hate Claudio. I actually fucking love Claudio and I love Chris Jericho as well. But I am not a fan, actually, of putting Jericho in a match for the ROH world title strictly because he's never held that title before. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, uh, yeah, I'm not going to spoil my predictions, but it is, it is a little odd. Jericho did refer to himself, was he like the best world champion for every company ever or something? Something and like that. And then he tried to abbreviate it down to like B-We-B-We-C or something. Like I couldn't work out. Yeah, so B-We-B-We-C, we, you mean W? No, he said, definitely said we. I don't know whether he was trying to do W and E at the same time, but... <laughs> That definitely doesn't spell out best world champion ever. I don't know. Yeah, he did. He did use some sort of weird abbreviation there. But he even mentioned WWF and WWE as two separate entities, which was interesting. Okay. Okay. I, um, he's like, you know, I was world champion in WCW, WWF, WWE. I was the first AEW world champion, right? Like he, he's like, but one title I've never held was the Ring of Honor world title. So I won a match, and Claudio's like, man, I've was hoping. And this would happen at some point, Chris. I'd love to give you a match, but I'm gonna kick your ass, sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Happy to oblige. Yeah, it should be a should be a good match. Should be a good match, right? I mean, this has been brewing, I guess, if you want to think of it that way, because Claudio gave Jericho the big swing on top of the cage at Blood and Guts several months ago. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they've got enough between them that we could get some kind of a video package or meaning to why they want to fight each other. But it still was probably my least favorite thing on Rampage. That's why I have it at number five. Yeah. You remember, is this match announced for Dynamite or for Rampage Grand Slam? Do you know? Dynamite, Wednesday night. Okay, fair, fair, fair. So you're ready for my number one, Brian? I am. My number one is Penelope Ford versus Willow Nightingale. I have that at number three. 
Okay, that's not bad. I did I did actually really like this uh, match. Not too keen on Willow's entrance music. I think it sounds a bit like you only eat too much sugar and you throw up. <laughs> it sounds, yeah, like sugar vomit is kind of what it sounds like. And she was, she was overly taunty in this match, especially at the beginning. I like Willow like, and I wish she would bang. get signed. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of Winner Gale. I just thought she was overly taunty at the beginning of this match. Maybe she should have, uh, yeah, got, got to it. Not underestimated uh, Penelope Ford, but I'm getting higher and higher on Penelope Ford every week i think her i think her office on offense and her moveset um quite unique there are a bunch of stuff in there that you don't see anyone else on the roster doing there's that little uh let's do what was it like the catapult thing when they're in the ropes and chokes them and to be fair she did do uh she had willow on the apron and she sort of did like the bounce over the ropes and did a knee drop that she did kind of like the sasha thing and willow sold it really well yeah 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 and penelope also does the the matrix style lean back to avoid the clothesline that you know certain women wrestlers do uh, yeah. and she followed it up immediately with a cutter right after that I thought was super dope yeah yeah uh, and she did get caught do you see the when Willow did the pounce to her and she like she flew in the air oh she yeah got she fucking on the ropes. flew to the ropes dude <laughs> yeah she was tangled in <laughs> like them. a missile it she did but yeah yeah no he's um, I think PK's obviously seen that she's got potential and he's gonna push her because that's been like two weeks in a row now we've seen her and now she's on Rampage getting wins the only thing I hope that she starts doing a little differently is the setup to her finisher okay. because you know i i don't mind like the you know the forward face slam into the mat and then going into uh what what is what do they call her finisher um so uh face something is kind of like the what's the mrs finisher called yeah that's like the, the skull crushing finale that's it yeah yeah but then i think it was like an indian death lock the submission she was using it is it is and you know she she my my issue with her finisher is that she takes a lengthy amount of time to apply it and it, it seems unnatural because right like the opponent like willow was just laying there letting her lock her legs like not even struggling to get out of it not flailing around and it takes like yeah. 30 seconds sometimes because she'll taunt the crowd like she takes her time to apply the finisher and it just seems a bit unnatural because your opponent should in that amount of time be able to escape so I'm hoping that as she continues to refine her moveset, refine her in-ring ability and, and continues to get better, I hope that she starts applying that quicker because it'll yeah. seem more fluid at that point. Okay, okay. That's my only complaint. I'll take it. I'll let her know if she's listening. Okay. She might be listening. I doubt it, though. Kip's probably trying to listen through the box, maybe. He's trying to see if the he box is. could get podcast feeds or something. He was talking to it again this week. He was. <laughs> Which is kind of nice to see. Hope that keeps up. I appreciate that aspect of the storyline. Um, all right. Well, back to me then. Number four on my list was Ethan Page taking on Dan Housen. There's number four on my list as well. All right. Number four. Yeah. This was a quick match. The quickest match we had on Rampage this past Friday. A minute and 25 seconds, according to Pro Wrestling Fandom. Um, I expected this match to be fairly quick, you know, going as well. Um Anytime Dan Housen gets in the ring with like a, a serious, credible threat, someone like Ethan Page, you know, he he tends to lose. But that's his character, right? That's the mm -hmm. gimmick that he's running with right now in AEW. And I think it works, right? Like he does pick up victories on elevations and, and darks and sometimes when he's in tag matches and whatever. But like he's probably never going to pick up a victory against a credible, compo uh, credible opponent. And that's OK, because he's still one of the most over guys you have 
have on the roster, right? Like fans go fucking crazy whenever Danhausen comes out. And that's pretty dope. Like, even though this match was nothing really to get excited about, it was over before it even began, more or less. Um, it made Ethan Page look strong. The fucking razor's edge that he does, yeah. he launched Danhausen off of his shoulders. Yeah, came down it with looked a amazing. Yeah, it yeah, looked yeah. super amazing. Um, what does he call his move? No, it's not the razor's Ego's edge. edge. E- Ego's edge, thank you. Um, super dope, super dope. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Ethan Page mocking the Danhausen curse and then going, kiss my ass. Right. And then Danhausen mocking the, you know, Ethan Page's thing where he points to his cheek and smiles i thought that was entertaining too yeah yeah definitely yeah for, for a squash match match this was not bad not bad at all better than powerhouse obs and matt DiMartino. so definitely back to you back to me am i on the heart you said yeah number two on your list oh damn it number two on my list matt hardy and darby allen okay number two on my list as well okay nice nice yeah um yeah to be thought to be fair this match was more entertaining than i expected it to be um i did try and watch all of dynamite and rampage last night and it got to watch all the dynamite obviously with the main event i wasn't too too interested in and then started rampage and it was like, oh, it's Matt Hardy and Darby Allen. And I was like, nah, I'm going to sleep. I'm not, I can't sit through this now. But so I sat through it this afternoon. And you know, what? it was, it was actually pretty good. Um, both, both guys took a lot of bumps. Darby Allen took a lot of big bumps, to be fair, in this match. And Matt Hardy he managed did. to like keep up. Like Matt Hardy managed. He didn't look like um, old, slow, waddly Matt Hardy. Um, he looked had a bit more pep in his step. I will mention that JR said on commentary, like just as this match started, mentioned about Sting, and then he was like, "Oh, Sting is going to be a part of uh, Grand Slam, a big part of Grand Slam." I promise you. And it was that didn't none of that came to light until like after the match. Yeah, they kind of gave it away, right? Little gave yeah, it away yeah. a little bit. It's like JR, no match has been announced, but and then we got the um, the lights went off and uh, came back on, and the House of Black stood there and they called out. Dark Bobby Allen and then Sting come out and then as soon as like as that promo finished they were like oh Tony Khan's just announced now that it's going to be Sting and Darby Allen versus House of Black it's like oh, okay see. which it seems like because remember last week on the show you and I speculated who was going to lead the House of Black moving forward mm-hmm. seems like it's going to be Brody King yeah I'm fine with that to be fair yeah I'm fine with it too and it I mean Julia still front and center right like she was the one out there kind of like stopping Matt Hardy more or less right from mm-hmm. doing whatever he was trying to do, leave, I guess, just just fucking leave. But um, she also was the one that when Brody put the chokehold on Matt Hardy while he was waiting for Darby and Sting to accept the challenge for a no disqualification match at Grand Slam, Julia pulled Matt's feet off of the apron to where Brody was, you know, dangling him above the the outside, choking him like he has done to Darby before. So I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, so I'm probably going to refer to it as like a hangman's chokehold or something. And yeah, she cut his legs out. Yeah. Um, I, I expect that visual to look better with maybe other talent. I don't think Julia like hit his legs hard enough or with like much force. It didn't look like he had to drop. I'd like I'd like there to be some sort of like little drop there. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was a pretty cool visual. I like that she's getting to add something into that thing. Like I'm, I'm sure they're going to do it many times more to other people to get the what they want. But yeah, so we've got a no disqualification match at Grand Slam between Sting, Darby, and the House of Black. Yep, and it's actually Friday night. Actually, this one's one of the eight matches that we're going to see on Rampage next Friday night. So did you see um, things about Matt Hardy talking about is it Jeff Hardy's um, recovery? I and saw a little soon. bit. Yeah, I saw a little bit about that. 
that. I did. So yeah, the kind of stuff about Matt Hardy expecting Jeff to be back soon, and then we got Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen. Um, match announced like for this rampage. So I was like, I'm wondering if that ties in. If Jeff is coming back, sort of this suit is this soonish. Like, is he going to be part of this ice of black sort of feud? I do reckon mm. it's happening. Maybe. I guess that is a possibility, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, why else would Matt Hardy have been brought out? I mean, usually stuff's done with a reason. Say that, true. But yeah. But true. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what they do. I'm just glad that the House of Black isn't going to fall apart with Malachi's potential exit, right? Like, at least it's still front and center in storylines. At least Julia is still hopefully going to be able to benefit from all of this because I feel like, like I said last week, I thought she would be the one that was hurt the most out of all of this. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad, glad that, uh, that's, yeah. I'm just glad TK didn't turn him face and start calling him like the Varsity Black or something. The Varsity Black. Yeah, yeah. Put Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison in the House of Black. Make it come full circle. Yeah, give him some, like, transfer tattoos or something. We'll, we'll get him <laughs> looking edgy. <laughs> Oh, well, we go to me. Uh, I said, so, well, you got to take, even though you were doing the lows for Dynamite, you took the number one. So I'm doing the, the lows for Rampage, yet I'm taking my number one here, which okay. is, I'm assuming your number three then? Because I think you and yeah. I had our number one and threes reversed for Rampage. Um, and that was the main event for the ROH TV title, Samoa Joe taking on Josh Woods. I thought this was it a was. great match, dude. I thought this was great. Josh Woods looked phenomenal in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Joe put on a hell of a match together. This actually went over 10 minutes. It was the longest match we had on Rampage. Both guys looked really, really strong. And I'm super high on Josh Woods right now. I, I think I like him better than Tony Nese. Yeah, he's got, he's got a great look. He's got uh, he's got big, big muscles, and he, and he does look intimidating. Um, I'm not, I don't really get the leopard print, leopard print on his pants, but... Dope. That's his. That's his choice. Um, but yeah, yeah. This was very much like a submission for submission match sort of thing. Yeah. yeah I suppose if you're you're into your technical stuff, then that's for you. And it was pretty hard hitting, right? Like, you mean Samoa Joe is a intimidating guy. Josh Woods definitely has an intimidating appearance about him. So I like that they kind of were firing off on each other. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, there was a moment where Josh actually picked Samoa Joe up on his shoulders <laughs> and did like a swinging knee type thing and, you know, had it was so hard for him to do like, right, Joe's a big dude. Yeah, he kind of yeah. like collapsed after the move and went for the pinfall and then Mark's like, do it again, do it again. And he <laughs> went to went to do it again. But Joe obviously counted out of it that time. But I thought that was a nice kind of sequence of events as well. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair play to Josh Woods for being able to get Joe up and then swing him round. It did look like a feat of strength, to be fair. Yeah. But Joe did retain the title, so... Um, which set up a match between Joe and Wardlow on one side because Wardlow came out to make the save when Josh Woods and Tony Nese were attacking Samoa Joe after the match. Um, we have a tag match next Friday night now between Joe Wardlow on one side, Tony Nese and Josh Woods on the other. Yeah, should be good. I, I do like the idea of Tony Nese and Josh Woods being a tag team, to be fair. Um, I do too. I do too. And I, and I like the potential, the potential tease of Wardlow and Samoa Joe having a match together, right? Like, even though they shook hands, even though they, they, you know, toasted their titles together, mm-hmm. there was a definite tease there that they are going to meet in the ring down the line. And I, and I think that's cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, they are like Joe's TV champion and Wardlow's TNT, which is technically TV champion. So it's, yeah, they're, they're similar champions. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. 
Um, not a terrible rampage. I thought it was okay. I would go three stars for this one, I think. Yep, I'm sorry. Three stars as well. All right. Well, three for both shows, I believe. Three for both shows. We didn't have any hook, did we, on Dynamite or Rampage this week? Um, he appeared on Dynamite in a little segment with Action Bronson, and they were like, oh, we're from New York. We're what New York looks like. This is my New York accent. See, it's just generic. Um, uh, yeah, and they challenged 2.0 to uh, to a match. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we didn't do it then. Let's do it now. Let's do a little hook of the week. Sev, last week I went with hookah or hookah if you want to make it make sense to the to the theme of the segment. But uh, this week it falls to you. What are you going with for Hook of the Week this week? I'm going with hooker, Brian, but not the sex kind, the rugby kind. You're going with what? Hooker. Hooker? Yeah. I thought you were trying to say, I thought you were trying to say in hookah like I just said for hookah. I thought you were trying to say the same fucking thing. I was like, wait, what? No, I'm not going with hookah. I'm going for hooker. Okay, so like H-O-O-K-E-R. H-O-O-K-E-R. Yeah, that's the only yeah. way you spell hooker. Uh huh. Uh huh. But not not the not the derogatory female version. No, this is actually a role in the game of rugby. Are you familiar with rugby, Brian? I'm familiar with the fact that it's pretty physical and yeah. hard hitting, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's basically a dumb, uh, dumb, posh, angry person sport over here. But yeah, the hooker is. Are you familiar with a scrum? I'm familiar with the media scrum. Okay, so the the scrum in rugby is where like <laughs> most of the players they all like interlock with each other, like arms over the shoulders, and then they bend down, and the referee puts the ball in the middle, and they sort of like do it like a, a test of strength, sort of like a tug of war thing, like they push into each other. Okay. And basically, the hooker is the guy on each team who sits, who stands in the middle of this, like okay. interlocked with his team mates his teammates are called the props they're the ones that push forward the hooker being interlocked lifts his legs up and is there to attempt to hook the ball and kick it back out to his team okay yeah and that's that's the hooker's main part of uh that's what makes a hooker in rugby hmm. all right do you watch rugby no oh Okay. It's more popular, I think, everywhere except for here in the United States. We don't really, we don't really have, I don't think we even have a rugby team. Maybe we do, but fuck, I don't think we do. Yeah, we get like the six nations over here. I think it's like France, Italy, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, England, and then maybe like Australia or South South Africa. Like, I don't think it's a massive sport, to be fair. And it is, over here, it's mainly for the middle and upper classes. It's their sort of sport. It's a more posh person sport. Okay. Okay. Well, your hook of the week this week. Hooker. Haven't we done the other hooker before as well? Pretty sure that was oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, shout out to the, yeah, we did shout out to your local sex worker, didn't we? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, wah, wah. the rugby hooker is your hook of the week this week. I like it. I like it. Thanks. <sighs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and look ahead to what we can expect to see at Grand Slam this Wednesday and Friday night for Dynamite and Rampage. You wanted to make some predictions so that's what we're gonna do we'll go back and forth as we usually do when we make our pay-per-view predictions so we'll start things off with wednesday night dynamite and we'll go at there's five matches confirmed so far all title matches so wednesday definitely is a bigger deal than friday friday has more matches i assume the matches will be quicker in nature on rampage whereas Mm -hmm. the matches on wednesday night are probably going to be longer and more drawn out 
So let's kick things off with the All-Atlantic title match between Pac and Orange Cassidy. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Let's hear you. You go first. Okay. I am going with Pac to retain still. I don't think Orange Cassidy is going to pick up the win here. I think Orange Cassidy is going to pick up the win here, Brian. Okay. So you keep taking everybody that Pac goes against to win the All-Atlantic title. I do, um, even though I'm a massive fan of Pac. Um, but you know what, Pac, Pac and the Lucha Bros, they've got the trio's title now. Pac doesn't need to hold two titles. Mm-hmm, um, that's true. Orange Cassidy does need a belt eventually. Um, yeah, and in, in his little backstage promo, he was like, I am the inaugural uh, All-Atlantic champion rather than I am the All-Atlantic champion. So he'll always be able to call himself the inaugural, but I don't think he needs to hold it Okay. any longer. We'll see. We'll see. I have a feeling you're going to be wrong, but that's not that unusual yeah. for that to happen. <laughs> Next up, we have the tag team titles on the line. Swerve and Our Glory taking on the Acclaimed. Pretty sure I know where we're both going with this, but who are you taking to win? Yeah, I think if it's anyone but the Acclaimed, then uh, PK is messing up. Isn't he? Yeah, I am also going with the Acclaimed to pick up the victory and the tag titles here. I think it makes a ton of sense for them to get this victory and this title reign after their amazing showing at the pay-per-view. Um, I hope the crowd is just as on fire for them as they were in Chicago. I really hopefully do. Yeah, I don't feel the crowd were as hot for them this week in Albany. Uh, they did they did get a pop. I just don't think it wasn't white hot like they have been like the previous two weeks. But this is a, a massive stadium show, right? Like this is a, you know, Arthur Ashe Stadium, right? There's going to be 45,000 plus there or something like that. Some okay, crazy yeah. amount of people there. So I'm hoping, which is more than All Out had. So I'm hoping that this okay. is a much more fired up crowd. Let's get the scissor me daddy chance again to the you know, oh me I hope we get that again um yeah I just hope it, I hope it lives up to the match they had on the pay-per-view I agree I hope it gets some time too like I I could see this match getting 20 plus minutes again so hopefully that's the case Next up, we have the ROH world title on the line. Claudio Castagnoli defending against Chris Jericho. I am taking Claudio to retain. Yeah, I think it makes sense to keep Claudio to retain, to be fair. Then that does give Jericho like two losses in two weeks. I don't think that's usual for Jericho, is it? No, not not usual. But Jericho doesn't need the ROH title. Like he would just be getting it to have it at that point. And I feel like that doesn't benefit the Ring of Honor brand to have Chris Jericho as your champion, right? Like, yeah, Jericho, arguably a bigger star than Claudio, but Jericho never wrestling in Ring of Honor before. Claudio makes more sense to be your ROH world champion. And, you know, Claudio is, you know, going to be the one that's still defending it week in, week out, going to the pay-per-views, right? Jericho, I I can't see him wanting the extra work that it would take to be a champion for a brand that, like, has their own pay-per-views and eventually is going to have their own TV show. Yeah. So, Claudio to retain. Uh, next up, we have the women's title on the line in a fatal four-way. Tony Storm defending against Athena, Britt Baker, and Serena Deeb. Who are you going with? Um, hashtag anyone but Tony, but realistically, it's going to be Tony, you know? Yeah, I'm going with Tony Storm to retain. Yep, I'm going with Tony Storm to retain. I'm not nearly as low on her as you are. I I am a fan of Tony Storm. I think she is a good choice to be women's champion right now. I just hope that, you know, she inevitably defends against Serena Deeb in a singles match because I'm excited for the potential that that match has. And I want to see what Jamie Hayter does for this match because you know she's going to be involved in some fashion. I want to see what that fashion is. Yeah, color me intrigued, definitely. Yep, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And then our main event is going to be for the AEW world title, the finals of the tournament of champions, whatever they're calling it, the Grand Slam tournament of champions. We have Blackpool Combat Club versus Blackpool Combat Club. John Moxley taking on Brian Danielson. I am going with Brian Danielson to win and become the new AEW world champion. I think, uh, yeah, we've said it. We've speculated. It's uh, It should be a done deal. Brian Danielson to win. Fair enough. So you and I differ on the All-Atlantic title match and the women's title match. Well, no, just the All-Atlantic because you did take Tony as well. So you and I only differ on the All-Atlantic title match for Wednesday night. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Let's move on to Friday. Grand Slam ramp, uh, Rampage. I don't think it's live. I'm pretty sure that this is going to be filmed right after Dynamite. So the crowd at Arthur Ashe definitely has a potential five-hour show, you know, with the elevation taping beforehand and shit after or before Dynamite. So this is going to be a lengthy show for them to attend. Two-hour Rampage. Mm-hmm. Eight matches in store. Let's take a look. Let's make some predictions. First off, we will go with Action Bronson and Hook taking on Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Uh, who are you going with? Uh, it's going to have to be uh, Hook and Action Bronson, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, clearly, they're not going to have Action Bronson come in and lose a match with Hook and especially have Hook look weak. So definitely going to get the victory here. Um, there was a graphic floating around recently of Action Bronson like at an old ECW show from like 20 plus years ago which okay. I thought was kind of or 25 years ago or some shit like that I thought was kind of entertaining he was super young still looked like a fucking tank at that point but um, yeah yeah, he's been a wrestling fan for a while so kind of cool that is cool I do expect this to probably be the shortest match of the night though I could see that happening yeah I can see that happening. Probably a minute or two minutes or less or something like that. Yeah, I can see that happening. Next up, we have Jungle Boy taking on Ray Phoenix in singles action in a match that I'm not quite sure why it was set up. Maybe maybe you can tell me why it was set up. Um, You might not know either, but I have a feeling that this is going to be just Jungle Boy, you know, feuding, continuing with Christian and Luchasaurus. Somehow they're going to be involved. And for that reason i'm actually taking ray phoenix to win i think somehow oh, okay. luchasaurus causes the 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 loss here okay that's cool i like that i didn't um i didn't think of that at all i just thought this was a uh, another match just to put jungle boy on the card um and i thought tk had been like oh death triangle have got the trio's title let's just book them to lose consistently now yeah which doesn't make sense right that's why i'm like he ray phoenix is technically a champion i i assume that he should win here so i i feel like christian or luchasaurus or both will make Jungle Boy lose the match. Yeah, but Ray Phoenix is the Ray Phoenix of Death Triangle, isn't he? So he does take the fall a lot. He is, true. So I I am going with Jungle Boy. Okay, I like it. Next up, we have a tag team match between Samoa Joe and Wardlow on one side, Tony Nese and Josh Woods on the other. Who are you going with? I'm going with Ward Joe. (laughs) Ward Joe? Okay, I like that. I also am taking Samoa Joe and Wardlow to win here. I think that just makes the most sense. Should be a fairly good match, though, actually. I'm looking forward to this one. Now, do we get the uh, Powerbomb Symphony on Mark Sterling. I think that's the payoff, yeah. Yeah. I think they've been building to it to happen. Uh, Makes sense for it to happen at Grand Slam, right? So. Did, did we not get a Mark Sterling Powerbomb Symphony when it was like Wardlow versus 20 staff members? No. A while ago we did, yes. But I feel like we only got like one Powerbomb or something. I don't know if it was a yeah. symphony. I feel like Sterling is going to take the symphony this time. Multiple Powerbombs. So we will have to see what they do. Should be, a, like I said, should be a good match though. Um... 
Next up, we have singles action between Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. I am going with Ricky Starks to win here. I think he's going to get his, you know, victory back over Hobbs after theoretically getting squashed it all out. Yeah, I think um, I think Starks is going to pull it out. Unfortunately, it might be a squeaker win, but Starks is going over Hobbs. Fair enough. Probably a squeaker win. You're all right about that. Probably going to happen. Um, next up, we have the match that was rumored to take place at the pay-per-view, but then was put off, and now it's happening. Sammy Guevara taking on Eddie Kingston in singles action. Who are you going with? Um, I'm actually going to go with Eddie Kingston, to be fair. I'm going with Sammy. Yeah? Yeah, I'm taking Sammy Guevara to win this here. Um, I think that uh, this should be an interesting match, right? It's going to be entertaining to see how they work with each other after everything that happened backstage and you know especially after the fucking brawl after the media scrum that you know they had nothing to do with but just lends itself more to how chaotic the backstage atmosphere was there for a time at AEW now reports have said that they have smoothed things over right they're willing to work with one another so hopefully it remains respectful and remains a you know like entertaining match but I mean shit could break down as well man you never actually know so yeah i'm sure kingston's like yeah yeah i'll get in the ring slap him about a bit not a problem yeah you know smack the shit out of his chest like kingston yeah. likes to do you look at the match that he had with uh tomohiro ishii at all out so mm-hmm. i imagine there'll be some chest slapping and chest chopping throughout but i think this could be a good match but yeah i'm gonna go sammy to to get the victory here over eddie uh next up we have the tbs title on the line jade cargill defending against diamante who are you going with? Or did I just tell you? Did I just ask you who you... No, I did. So I guess it's me. Um, I am obviously taking Jade Cargill to retain here. There's no way that Diamante is getting the TBS title. And I have zero idea who Diamante is going to bring for backup. Okay, so yeah, I am going with Jade Cargill as well. It just makes sense. Um, now, this might take a little bit of background work. Uh, does Mercedes Martinez come from Miami? Does she? Um... Well, she was born in Connecticut, and she's billed from Connecticut, so I'm going to say no. Okay. Does Ivelisse come from Miami? Ooh. Ivelisse or Thunder Rosa had that trouble, didn't they? they was did. Ivelisse had trouble? And now Thunder Rosa's uh, taking a backseat. Maybe we can bring Ivelisse back and be like, oh, yeah. Ivelisse she was, is from like... Puerto Rico and is billed from Puerto Rico as well. Okay. And then, so the last idea I had is, uh, is Big Swole from Miami. <laughs> <laughs> um, No. But oh, she sorry. is from Florida. Oh shit. Okay. She's she's built from Clearwater, Florida. Um which is near St. Petersburg, near Tampa, far as shit from Miami. But she is from Florida. I don't know who it could be, in all honesty. I also think this is a fairly entertaining match because Diamante and Kiara Hogan are in a relationship together. That's what I was thinking. I was trying to think, I know, like, uh, Big Swole's not in a relationship with Diamante. I'm pretty sure Big Swole's in a relationship with, is it like ACH? No, um, Cedric Alexander. Okay, yeah, fair, fair. Um, but yeah, then I couldn't remember I couldn't remember who she was in. Yeah, but, Diamante yeah. and Kiara Hogan are, have been in a relationship together for like... A while. A while, like five, six, seven plus years, if not longer. Like, they have been together for a while. Um, which I think is entertaining that, you know, she's being next in line and Kiara Hogan being a baddie involved in the storyline still. So that's kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I am very excited to see who she brings us back up. I hope it's somebody big. I hope it's a big deal. Yeah, I'm just have to, I don't know, to wrap my brain. 
names and see if I can figure out who it is. They were the only two I can think of. But, yeah, because um, Sasha's getting, from uh, California. Like she's built from she's built from Boston, but she's from California, so can't really be her. Like I said, Naomi is um from Florida, but she's from Orlando, so hmm. yeah. I think it's just the way she went like the ghetto. It was like the OG three hundred five. Sounds more like it'd be a, a ghetto based character, isn't it? Rather than just the name. Where's Lana from? Where's Lana from? Lana is from Florida. She does live in Florida. Um, well, no, I think her and Mira live in like Tennessee right now, but um, she was based out of Florida for a while, Gainesville, Florida, which is complete opposite side of the state from Miami. Okay. Um, but I wonder if it's going to be not a wrestler. She used to be part of the LAX crew, didn't she? Potentially. But I'm thinking like... Um, what if it's like a rapper? Uh, any female rappers? I'm sure there are some from Miami. Like, you know, the first one I thought of was like Megan the Stallion or something like that, but she's from Houston. But like, what if, what if they, what if she brings in like, um, you know, a, a rapper? I, I don't quite know who is from <laughs> any female Miami. Rappers. I don't either. I mean, Nicki Minaj, is she from Miami? Yeah. Nope. She's from, uh, like Anacondas, not Gators. Trinidad. She's from, okay. Yeah. She's she's not even from here. Um, fuck, dude. I have no idea. I have no clue. I'm excited to see who it is, though. I am. Um, all right. Well, that's enough time on that match. Next up, we have a no disqualification match between the House of Blacks, Brody King and Buddy Matthews taken on Sting and Darby Allen. Who are you going with? I think we realistically need to give it to uh, House of Black, don't we? I fucking hope so. I'm going with the House of Black to win. They need to win at some point. They always lose. So yeah, they've got to stay relevant. You know? I hope it's them. And then last up, I don't know if this is the main event. I guess it could be. We have the Golden Ticket Battle Royal with the winner receiving a shot at the AEW World title at some point in the future. Oh, man. We don't know who's in this match, right? Uh, so we know all of Dark Order are in this yeah. match. We know the Dark Order's in the match. We know Roosh is in the match. Uh, we know probably everybody that's not on Dynamite or Rampage is going to be in this Battle Royal, so we can make some assumptions there. But we always make the same predictions every fucking time one of these things happen. Um, You're going to do it again. I am too. I'm going with Andrade to win the Battle Royal. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely right. I expect like Butch and the Blade and Private Party and then Helico and stuff to be in this match. Just let's just chuck everyone in it. Um, yeah, I don't really know what could be the main event of Rampage. Obviously, if this has been filmed after Dynamite and they're doing Dark and Elevation before, then yeah. probably they're going to be sat for like five six hours aren't they so they don't Correct. want to put, they don't want to put jade and diamante on last because people no. will leave we've seen people leave before when they put women's matches on last after a long long recording um so yeah maybe maybe sting house of black goes last could um, be or, or this battle royal but yeah the we did get a little backstage promo thing with hangman being like oh, i'm sorry everybody in the dark order no like oh no don't worry like accidents happen and stuff but then have you noticed like ten's mask has changed it has he's got a new mask and we've had this thing with like uh roosh and what's what's the other guy called Is it jose like, the assistant jose the assistant yeah um they're trying to recruit 10 aren't they so hopefully it's not a lover wardlow mjf like 10 splits in like a year and a half i think 10 is going to cost hangman this battle royal and that's going to okay. be the descent of the descent of the dark order or whatever part splits from it but yeah i think 10 then joins um la faction in god not realize um <laughs> that's probably the closest i'm ever going to get to saying that and then yeah i think andrade is going to win this i think it's time andrade took this to be fair i do too and to be fair andrade and daniel 
Danielson in a match for the title in the future would be a pretty fucking entertaining match. Yeah, I think Excalibur did say it's a it's a specific shot at a specific time, so Correct. it's not like MJF's. Um, yeah, cause it's odd that they're doing all more people getting title shots like MJF got a chip and now they're doing this battle royal but yeah because I feel like MJF's title shot is being saved for full gear yeah yeah it's being held off isn't it definitely yeah so they're you know putting some other guys in the way right now like the winner of this battle royal to have a a world title program while MJF still is on the on the back burner waiting for his shot so um Hopefully it's Andrade, man. I mean, if it's not Andrade, hopefully it's Miro. Hopefully it's one of those two. Is it time for Takeshi to come back yet? No, but he did wrestle at the... They had some matches at the Tokyo Game Show, kind of like they did at Gamescom. And because okay, Takeshi yeah. in Japan right now, Takeshi did wrestle for AEW at the Tokyo Game Show. He was in a match yes. against uh, Christopher Daniels and nice. won. So that's good. Yeah. 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 If I can't have Andrade, I want Takeshi to win. But That'd be dope a, too, That's man. a pipe dream. That is a pipe dream. I think we're in... Th- store for some good tv this week on wednesday and uh, friday night yeah it should be uh it's a stack card on both nights so yeah looking forward to it but before we get on out of here we need to do the burial ground so let's hit the gong and see who's going down and coming up this week last week i sent madison rain down and brought daniel garcia up who are you going with this week? It's all on you. Okay, so going down this week, even though they did have a better match than they've had in previous weeks, I am going to put Jay Lethal on the burial ground. Ooh. I think he has had... Okay. Um, I think he's been a bit overused on TV now. We see him a lot. We see him a lot losing, it feels like. True. Um, and then also, this Satnam guy, his one in a billion isn't actually doing anything yet and we kind Fair of enough. need to pull the pull the trigger on Satnam before all three of them lose momentum okay I think they are so I respect yeah, that yeah Jay will going down and then going up is all, Efo, all ego Ethan Page because he was okay. featured not like once that. not twice but three times on Dynam- on uh, AEW TV this week on Dynamite and Rampage. He won a match, he was in a promo, and then he got the backstage thing where he kicked, uh, was it Luigi the pizza guy? Dude, Luigi Primo! We forgot That's that it, yeah. we mentioned he, he was on Dynamite this Wednesday night. Fucking Luigi Primo. My God, never thought we'd see him on AEW TV. Yeah, so uh, Ethan, made, Ethan Page made short work of him. But yeah, he seems like he's the front guy of the firm, and it seems like um, all signs point out for him. So I like it. Okay. Shout out to my boy Ethan. I like it. Jay Lethal going down, Ethan Page coming up. That's a good burial ground for this week. I like it. Thanks. Good shit. But, Seth, I think that's going to bring us to the close of the show this week. Unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? Nah, I'm all good. Let's go. All right. Well, we do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast made possible of course by rpgera.com want to help us and grow the show subscribe and spread the word details and ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and a member in those show notes will be a link to our discord server click it join it and interact with us taking us out of the episode as usual is going to be theme song of the week last week i went with claudio castagnoli as our theme song of the week this week sev the honor falls to you what are we going with okay so because i put him up in a burial ground i think this boy needs some respect so if we haven't played it already can we go with all even ego page please we have never we have never done his theme before we have not so that works let me uh let me cue it up here 
uh, because I don't remember what the name of it is. Does he still use the 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 ego theme? He doesn't. He doesn't use the Men of the Year Reach for the Sky shit, does he? No, no. He's using his old theme, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna cue that one up. I'm gonna have to verify to make sure it's the right theme. I'm pretty sure it is. But the name of this theme is Lego My Ego, which is an amazing name for the nice. theme. <laughs> it's Ethan Page's AEW music. Now hit the music. Music. 